Hello, my fellow trash pandas, and welcome to the very first Breve episode. Are you tired of the constant stream of news diarrhea assaulting your ear holes? Yeah, me too, me too. And thus, the idea for Wild Brew Shorts was born. If you've been following me on the Instagrams, you know that this week is Red Canine Week. And I don't know why red canines, it just kind of happened that way. Apparently, if you are red, you are more likely to be endangered. That is a correlation, not a causation, and it is not backed by science, it's just something I noticed. Anyway, after doing all the research for these canines and realizing how few of them there actually are, I had some serious bouts of depression. Maybe a tiny existential crisis, maybe a big one. Regardless, I decided that I needed to fill the conservation world with a little bit more positivity. So here's a little bit of ear bleach to keep you going for the week. It is the casual celebration of everyday conservationists in all of us. Okay, so since it is Red Canine Week, I invited our very first guest ever, Dan Holland, back on the show to record a few memorable stories he had from his time working at the Wolf Sanctuary and in a few of the zoos he worked at. And I'm really glad that he came back on. Like the one time he got stalked by a not-so-friendly male wolf and escaped nearly unscathed. So everything, honestly, everything was fine. Nothing bad happened to me. They were great. The animals were great. Until, like, the last day... It just everything went wrong the last day like they the way it was set up is you'd go through a gate there'd be a gate that was double locked so there's a gate you have to unlock and then another gate you have to unlock which is you know good safety practice and then in each enclosure you could actually uh go through one enclosure to go to the enclosure next door to it which that way you don't have to like unlock the two main gates and risk anything happening so they had done that at one end so the two gates at one end of the facility were unlocked and they were open because and they had just like brought them all from the other the inside enclosure gate and put them in the carriers put them on trucks gone to the second site except i guess they unlocked one and left it open and one of them had access to it but just was chilling in his enclosure because he was fine he's happy it's his enclosure until they're yelling from uh, the person running the facility that there is a rattlesnake in one of the enclosures. And it's in the enclosure with uh, a male and a female whose names I'm not going to mention. But uh, the male does not like men because his previous owner was an abusive, horrible human being. Uh, So I never went into that enclosure under any circumstances. Because... I'm a, I'm a guy, even with the long hair. He's like, no, I see what you're doing. <laughs> so this rattlesnake was in this little gap in the fence where the wolves couldn't get to him easily, and which was nice, but the only way to get to it was, was with like a little snake grabber, which they had, but the facility is surrounded with livestock uh, yards, so we can't just like... And so the, the male, who doesn't like men, got spooked. And he started running around the enclosure, and he found the open door. That I did not know about. And hopefully, hopefully no one maliciously left it open. I mean, it'd be a very weird thing to do, but it was open. And he just went through a bunch of them and got out. And while I'm dispatching of this rattlesnake... He's out, and no one knows he's out. If the other dogs 
knew he was out. They didn't tell me, which root. Uh, so I'm carrying a stack of meat, like, you know, that I'm going to toss over the fence to some of the wolves. Because, you know, some days that's how we feed them for, like, a little just enrichment. And some of them, like, try to catch it. Some of them just were like, yeah, whatever, just going to take it and run away. But so I'm walking over, and I, as I'm walking, out of a bush comes the male wolf. And I'm, I look at him, and I'm just like, oh, you're not the ambassador wolf. And then I realized which one he was. I'm like, uh, oh. And then he kind of like looked at me because he's used to the fence being in between us. And then he's like real confused looking. And then he just like his head like uncocks. And I was like, and so I just like threw a bunch of meat at him. <laughs> and then I probably did the dumb thing. And I ran into one of the butchers and started going through all the gates. Because <laughs> I figured out what had happened in an instant. It's like that fear of bad things happening made my brain work real well. You know? So I'm running in and I'm hoping he's following me and I get in, I dive out of one of the other doors that I realize is unlocked, shut that, like, loose latch it so it's, like, it's closed but not, like, locked, run over to the first one, I lock that one up, run back to the second one, lock that up, and he's just in there, like, going back and forth between all of them, and no one saw that. Great. I... I live. All my fingers. But yeah, that was that would have been a fun last day. I, for one, am really glad your last day was not marred by the memory of being mauled by an angry wolf. And now, how about a happy little news piece? Perhaps one that embodies the phrase build it and they will come? Okay, so Switzerland, in an attempt to stop the rapid decline of endangered amphibians, decided to dig hundreds of new ponds in the canton of Argao. I am so sorry if I butchered that, so we're just gonna go with it. But anyway, guess what? The European tree frog population exploded. In fact, digging the ponds reversed the decline of more than half the region's endangered frogs, toads, and newts. Yay! It just goes to show that sometimes the most simple solution is often the correct solution. Okay, Dan, how about another canine chronicle? At a AZA facility I was at, um, the first time I ever got to work with a fox, the bat-eared fox, so like, you know, little tiny tan fox, live in the desert, huge ears. They were in the area for rehab. I think they were just there because they were like the enclosure was getting worked on. But they're small enough that it's like, yeah, you can go in, change the water, put out the food for them. But uh, I did not know what the happy noise for all foxes are. Um, so... What the fox says is a horrible scream. <laughs> the 2013 pop song made famous by Elvis, What Does the Fox Say? is vibrantly incorrect. The happy noise of foxes is a horrible screaming sound. Like this. This is what the fox says. And I thought I was killing it or like it was afraid of me. And so I'd like put everything down and I ran out of the enclosure, locked it up. And I was like, oh, oh what did I do? What do I do? Is it okay? And just the keepers just were dying and laughing at me because I didn't know what a fox sounds like. It's like no, they do not make that a, a charming jingle. They remit you like you're killing them. So cute. So horrifying. And now, for this Breve sustainability tip, 
leave the leaves. It's fall, and with fall comes the falling and subsequent breaking of leaves. Now, I know I'm not going to convince anyone to leave all their leaves on the ground, especially those of you plagued by the dystopian nightmare that is the HOA, but perhaps I can convince you to leave maybe a little of the leaves, maybe in a little pile behind the shed where no one will see. I, for one, use my leaves as mulch around my trees. It really helps keep the moisture in the soil throughout the summer. But if me just telling you that piece of info doesn't convince you, perhaps the Xerxes Society for Pollinators will convince you. Fallen leaves are critical winter cover for pollinators and other invertebrates. Many butterflies use leaves as a winter hotel, while some winter their eggs in leaf piles. And then when the caterpillars hatch, they wake up to a nutritious salad bar. So it's a win-win. Oh, and bumblebees, my personal favorite. I love bumblebees. I could talk about bumblebees forever, literally forever. When I was younger, I was convinced I was going to be a bumblebee scientist. That didn't turn out. That's beside the point. Maybe someday I'll do an episode on bumblebees. Anyway, back to the point. Bumblebees hibernate in shallow burrows in the earth and they rely on leaf litter as extra protection from the elements. So do it for the bumblebees. All right, back to one final story from our resident canine expert. So coyotes are sneaky and so smart. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Wile E. Coyote, genius. Okay, so when I was at the LA Zoo, at Griffith Park, there's a golf course next to the zoo. And this is, there's a fence between the zoo and the golf course. And it's a very big chain link fence. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of wildlife in Griffith Park. There's deers, there's coyotes, there's even mountain lions in this park. In the, like, right there, at, outside LA. But they were having an issue with, uh, I guess, like, a mountain lion got into the zoo one year that was not supposed to be there. So they set up a bunch of cameras all over the place so they could see where it was getting in. And one time they saw the coyotes and they're like, oh, where are the coyotes getting in? Besides everywhere. Um, and they show, pointed it at this part of the fence. And this part of the fence is at the golf course. And there's like a 20 foot high fence there. The coyote, look, they see a coyote come up to the fence, looks up, starts going up the fence, and then, like, uh, after a second or two, it comes down, and then and then it taught other coyotes. They're so smart, and everyone who sees them walking down the road or whatever is just like, keep your small dogs supervised when they're in the yard. Keep your cats inside if you love them. But they're just so good for the environment. Thank you so, so much, Dan, for coming back to share a few memorable moments with us. I hope this little short gave you a quick shot of dopamine for your weekend. And as always, thank you for listening. Oh, and one final thing. Have you had a crazy animal encounter? Or maybe you have a sustainability tip that you think the world should know about. Have you written poetry inspired by the earth? I want to hear it. I want to have you on my podcast. I want to record. I want to share. Like I said, the Breve shorts are for the conservation in all of us. Conservation is a community action, and I want to include you. So... If you have something, please email me at wildbrood, that is W-I-L-D-B-R-E-W-E-D at gmail.com, please. Let's do this together. Conservation does not happen alone. And to end this little short, I'm going to tell you a quote from Chief Dan George. If you talk to the animals, they will talk with you and you will know each other. 
If you do not talk to them, you will not know them, and what you do not know, you will fear. What one fears, one destroys. Thanks, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. A special thanks to bioacoustica.org for providing the sound file for the fox fighting over food. If you are interested in any other animal noises, I highly recommend going to that website. It's super fun to play around on. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the podcast, please follow me on Instagram at wildbrood or check out my Etsy store, also wildbrood, for a host of grumpy animals that is continuing to grow daily. A minimum 28% of all profits go directly to conservation. All right, now go outside and touch some grass.